For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for a special episode this week, uh, projecting regression and breakout for three Ravens each. And we're going to work down a list. Joining me for this process is Brandon Croxton. Brandon, how are you doing? Hey, Ken. It's always great to talk to you. It is a little bit. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of cloudiness there from your talk, but we'll, we'll, we'll work our way through it. I think it'll work out as this show goes on. Uh, so, you came to me with this idea. This is just the kind of great idea I love to hear from anybody on and, and wanted to talk about uh, players who would regress and, and break out. And when we each agreed to have a, you know, a, a list of three, we made always reverse order as we do on this show and a lot of things. But uh, would you like to start with regression or start with breakout? Kind of the bad news before the good news? Yeah, let's go with the bad news first. All right. Very good. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we can talk about honorable mentions that I know in a, from our production meeting, you had a couple of honorable mentions. Now we did not set this up, but unbelievably we do not have one player that was common to either of our lists, which is frankly amazing for lists of regression and breakout, you know, in a season. Cause, cause a lot of times you have the same, you know, you have a lot of overlap in those kind of things. Uh, start us off with your number three guy. Okay. Um, my number three is Michael Pierce. Um, he will be 31 this fall. Um, and really, uh, I think I put him on the regression list just for the mere fact that injuries might have taken their toll on him and his ability to just stay on the field. Um, the last time he played eight games in a season was 2019. Uh, yeah, that right there, you know, puts a lot of red flags up. Um, he was out for the year last year with a torn pack. Um, he had a knee injury with uh, Minnesota the, the year before in 2021. 20, so a guy that big and with a big, huge frame like that, um, injuries can just start to wear down uh, your body and, and just wear on you. You know, the, the advantage that he does have is he is a big run stuffer um, and athleticism and quickness is not has never been his strong suit and is not something that is the most important trait in, for his set of skills. But, yeah, I do worry about him, um, you, you know, wearing down and just being available on the field. Um, I think the Ravens have to be careful about uh, how they manage his snaps. I, th I think he probably at this point needs to be just a run defender only, um, put him on out there on rundowns, um, you know, maybe 20 to 25 snaps a game, but that's about it. Okay. So let me think about 25 snaps. You're saying he played somewhere in the 30% range. That might be a little lower than I would want for him. Maybe I'd like to have about 42 to 44% of snaps, but we're not too far off in terms of, uh, of weird life. Here's what I'd say about Michael Pearson, and, and and I respect what you're saying about him. Um, per snap, last year he was fine. In fact, he was outstanding for the game and a half or so he played uh, before he got hurt. Um, the, so I, I've seen a guy in camp who looks um, explosive still, uh, very effective in the joint practices against the commanders. He's one of the players who was pretty good on the day I watched the defense. Uh, I thought there were there – were, um, there's a lot to potentially like uh, about Michael Pierce uh, this season that I think could be good, but it's all dependent on if he can avoid injury. So he had a COVID year in there since 2019, and then he played, I think, about eight games one season, or maybe it was right. maybe it was even fewer than that. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a um, it has been a tough road. Uh, he he just he's been quite productive still on a per snap basis. Uh, managing his snaps makes a lot of sense. And maybe I'm being too optimistic to think he can play high 30s or low 40s percentage of snaps. Maybe it, maybe more realistic is 30 percent. 
and uh, and we'll see that. One thing the Ravens have on the defensive line that's going to going to test Pierce this year is I would expect them to have a lot more total defensive snaps. That won't be good for the defensive line in particular who will probably have to play significantly more snaps. And that's the place where rotationally they are probably most stressed in terms of not having the uh, players to play a lot of snaps. Uh, you know, they've got five guys they want to have on the roster. They could bring Blackson and activate him, but it's probably going to be five guys active on most game days. And, uh, and you're, you're right on the money to say that um, rest and getting those guys the proper rotation is going to be, is going to be difficult. And Pierce is a key element. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, like uh, you, you also want to watch uh, Matabike. You kind of want to have him uh, a lot on passing downs because he seemed to wear down with the additional slap, snaps last year yeah. towards the end of the year. So, yeah, figuring out the proper balance for all of them is uh, is going to be important. But, yeah, I, I just worry about Pierce, um, you know, being able to hold up for a full season. We we want them around in November and December and 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 into January. So yeah. All right, I'll jump over to my number three guy on the regression list. I'm going to tell you in advance here, the the players I'm picking for regression are not going to be popular with Ravens fans, and it's not that I dislike these players, and it's not that um, I really think these players are bad. It's that these players have have played at such an, a high level before that regression is would be expected. So for example, I'm sure I would have picked Lamar Jackson as one of the biggest regressors after the 2019 season because no one in NFL history had had as good a season, arguably, as Lamar had that year. So I, that would have been an unpopular choice. So let me start with my first of three unpopular choices in terms of regression, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Now, I, th- I think J.K. Dobbins could well have a good year, but the frame needs to be different for what constitutes a good year. Um, this year. It's not that there's been a contract holdout. I actually think he's entering the season fresh. He looks very sharp to me in terms of his footwork and whatnot that I've seen. Uh, I'm actually quite positive in terms of his health right now and and how he'll be able to maintain himself. It's the shift to this 11 personnel run game that that I think will hurt JK more than any other runner on the Ravens. So I think the Monken offense actually will, he will be the person who uh, unfortunately suffers most from the way um, this is run. He's uh, being a guy who can get through into level two, have your first contact opportunities be, be there, be a good contact balance guy, be a good cutback guy, exactly mesh with the Roman offense and the way they like to run the football and get people first contact opportunities in level two. Uh, I just think, JK, if you're expecting 5.9 yards per season again, it won't happen, but that's what regression is. So if J.K. could be in the high fours this year, I'd be very happy with it. Uh, I know other people won't be, but that's what regression is. Sure. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think him averaging six yards a carry like he was his first couple of years is, <laughs> I mean, if he keeps that up, he, that's that's literally Hall of Fame level. Um, Above. If, especially, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Jim Brown didn't average that. Barry Sanders didn't come close. Yeah. I mean, so I think that's that's really uh, too too much to expect. Um, I like I like J.K. Um, not necessarily maybe as a breakout, but I do think he does have some things working in his favor as well. Um, considering this is his uh, second year uh, away, removed from the knee injury. And really what we saw, well, what we saw in 21 with in him in training camp is he was looking like a, a star in the making. And, um, you know, he was catching passes and running the ball really well uh, before he got hurt. So you, the assumption is, you know, that second year after a knee injury is the year where you can kind of get back to that 100% where you were um, before the, the knee injury. So I, I, I like the potential of JK being, uh, being fully healthy and seeing, maybe seeing that breakaway speed that we didn't really see last year. Yeah, good point. He was getting, he was getting run down in the, you know, 30 yards, 30 yards downfield and you're seeing getting run down by safeties and corners. So, yeah. Uh, amazing how, 
well he did in a year where he left so many yards on the field. And you know, that that is an area for improvement. I think that the possibility of getting him in space to make some plays as a receiver is something that Monken will explore in terms of, uh, of the offense. Uh, I would be also concerned that the Ravens might try and ramp him up over the first few weeks in terms of his carries just because his time in camp has been relatively limited. Uh, perhaps, uh, obviously, he didn't play at all during the preseason. I don't think that'll ever happen again in his career, would be my guess, by the way, regardless of who he's playing for. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, the the uh, uh, there is a possibility he's going to have a few fewer carries early in this season. I think if you wanted to point to other things that are maybe in his favor is the Ravens don't have a very obvious third down back. I think that they probably will go with Hill to start the year on that, but I've made the comment often that Hill is not really on the efficient frontier as a pass blocker and receiving threat, or at least he wasn't under Roman. Maybe that will change because of better space creation under Monken. Uh, so maybe Hill ends up being the guy on third down. And then if you're talking about JK being a two down back or a, or a, two and a quarter down back or two and a half down back as you know, we might think of it. Um, I, I don't, I don't see him being the, I don't see him being Ray Rice. Let's put it that way in terms of being a guy who rushes for a ton of yards is also, you know, a, a, a central focus of the passing game. Um, but, but, you know, Hey, he doesn't have to be Ray Rice. He needs to be JK Dobbins. He needs to be a guy who probably if an ideal situation, he would increase his carries by about 25 to 30% over his rookie year have, uh, you know, let's say 20 to 25 receptions. I think I'd be, I'd be pretty thrilled with, um, if he could do those things, that would be terrific. I just, I think that circumstances are going to kind of conspire about him in terms of the rate characteristics specifically that he won't rush for the same sort of yards per carry love JK Dobbins. I actually hope they can work out a deal. I, I don't think it's actually likely, but I hope they can work out a deal to keep him around. I think he'd be a, uh, you know, a really nice cornerstone piece. But um, in in uh, in his case, I think that regression is probably what I would bet on this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think you know there there might be some regression as far as if you're just looking at yards per carry, just on the number of carries. I think, I mean, a, like like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. a six yard per carry average is really hard to maintain the for the the long the more carries you have so sure i i mean i think i, I mean a, a five yard per carry season is an is an excellent season for pretty much any back so and you know especially considering now you know we don't we don't have roman and you know he was i'd say at least 20 percent you know enhancing the run game just by him alone so I think it's important to think about that as well. Uh, I com- completely agree. And I think a five-yard per carry season would be excellent. Over under it for me, Brandon. Let me put it in, in those terms. And o- over under the hardest thing, the rate statistic, in terms of his yards per carry, uh, where would you where would you bet it either way? I went over under. I would actually put an over under at 4.7. I was going to say 4.8. So we're right in the same neighborhood. And, and all, all that means is we both still like JK. We both think he can still contribute to the offense. I just, I just define that as regression. Yeah. 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 And, and if, if he hits 4.7, that's better than 75% of the backs in the league. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, important all right. Well, let's hear your number two guy. Okay. Um, my number two guy is uh, Marcus Williams. Um, don't get me wrong. I I think he's still going to be a very good player. Um, it was just last season he was playing at peak Ed Reed level, um, mm-hmm. and I I just don't think he'll be able to keep up that pace. Um, he's it, he's a very very good player. I mean he, you know he's certainly Pro Bowl level type of player. Um, just being able to repeat the type of season that he was having last year before the injury and then even after is just a little bit unrealistic to think about and and to consider okay well first of all completely agree with you if we're talking rate statistics so when we start about rate statistics you cannot project out reasonably marcus williams year last year to a full season because he'd have been very close to the dpoy voting he would have been 
right in there with some yeah. other mm-hmm. great players in terms of, of, of what he'd done. So I would agree with you. He, he won't match it on a rate basis. Is it, would it be reasonable to think that his aggregate level of competition, uh, sorry, of contribution over a 17 game season might be still significantly higher than it was last year, even with the great rates in a limited number of games. Sure. Absolutely. Like, um, he's, he's going to be a big part of this defense and he really patrols the, uh, the, the deep middle of the field very well and can break on, uh, deep passes down the sideline and everything. He, he's going to be a key contributor and there's no doubt about that. It's just to expect, I mean, the pace he was on last year, I mean, he would have probably gotten close to 10 interceptions or more. Um, and that that's a little bit, optimistic but I, I think you know six six interceptions and a lot of pass breakups and um you know and just challenging uh deeper passes would make a great season for him yeah all right very very i completely agree with you and that's actually very similar to the dobbins pick you know a great player who we don't think can possibly maintain rate statistics over a over a longer season for various reasons yeah. sure. all right uh, I will go to my number two guy, and it's another similar situation, although I've got a few other things that go with this, and that's Roquan Smith. Great player. Look, I, there, I have nothing bad to say about Roquan Smith. Uh, the, only th- the only concern I have is that his second half of the 2022 season was so much better than anything he ever did in Chicago that it's very hard for me to project that over a full season. So if you're basically looking to double whatever Roquan Smith did in the second half, uh, I don't think that's going to work out. And it's, again, it's a similar thing to to Dobbins. It's a little bit different in his case. He's definitely the leader of the defense. He'll make tons of tackles. I expect him to continue at a high tackle rate. I think he actually, there's good reason to believe, and especially after seeing a player like Mustafer come to the Ravens and play so well within a very structured offensive line scheme, it's easy to see how, a player like Roquan Smith, who had all the star attributes, came to Baltimore and then played at a higher level. I just can't I can't justify how much better a player he was in Baltimore than what he was in Chicago. So my guess would be Roquan Smith probably had um, a career half in the in the last half a season. I hope that's not the case. You know, the Ravens have got him now for you know a, a number of years. Uh, hopefully. Uh, he's almost as good as he was last year, and that would be fine. He'd be completely he'd be earning every nickel of his contract if he was 92% of the player that he was last year. But I, th- I do think there'll be some regression in him. And again, I, I know these picks are not going to be popular, <laughs> but that's just the way I feel about it. Yeah, no, um, I, I completely understand. Like, uh, Rokan was having a sensational season when, when he came over here. Um, it's 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 hard to expect that level of play um, for an entire season, um, but I, without a doubt, I still think he's probably going to be first or second team All Pro, you know, Pro, pro Bowl player and be playing at a Pro Bowl level. Um, there it, there won't be any reservation about the contract that he signed. Well, let me just say this: if if he's first or second team All Pro, if he's first team All Pro, I'm definitely wrong about regression. Because that would be that would be him basically repeating his season, even if it was slightly less statistically, it would still be everything I would hope for in terms of that. If he's a pro bowler but not all pro, that would be some regression in in all likelihood. And and I I don't know is it going to happen? I don't know. I I can't say for sure. It's just he he's he, he had such a leap forward last year. I tend to think things tend to regress normally to a mean and. I just think he's playing above the level he ever did, and that's that's my reason. So I, uh, I appreciate your thoughts on who's your number one guy. Um, my number one guy is uh, Marlon Humphrey. Um, unfortunately, he's out for at least a month with the foot surgery. Um, I don't believe he's going to fall off a cliff when he gets back, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, expectations that he would be every bit as good as he was uh, last year and throughout his career with a foot injury, playing cornerback, all that cutting. Um, it's, I think it, it's just a little bit um, unrealistic for, for a cornerback to uh, 
keep up that level of play if he if that foot, foot injury is going to last. And you know, that's, so. that's a, a completely reasonable expectation of regression. Obviously, a guy who's played at a very high level, in particular last year, was very good. Um, I, I I can't find any words that would uh, would would disagree with what you're saying at all in terms of the foot injury. It's very very concerning. I'll move on to my number one guy. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't like to predict a worse season for anybody, but the guy who, unfortunately, I'm afraid is not going to have 100% of the skill set necessary to do his job anymore is Tyus Bowser. And uh, you know, Tyus Bowser is such a critical part of the Ravens defense at Sam linebacker. Um, you know, let me, let me, I had some comparison statistics I put, put out there on Twitter today, but Tyus Bowser has dropped to cover in over 32% of the past snaps he's been in career. Okay, 32%. By comparison, Jadavian Clowney, who admittedly a 4-3 end, but a lot of teams that have a 4-3 end, they like to play games to try and drop an end, zone blitz from the other side, bring a safety, bring a slot corner, just mix things up. Ends drop as well. Well, Jadavian Clowney has only, and I have the number right here, he's only dropped a cover on 3.3% of his career snaps. So approximately one-tenth as often Clowney drops. Basically, the Ravens are playing without a Sam linebacker to start the season. Uh, what that's, that's going to take a tremendous amount of flexibility away from the Ravens' pass rush in terms of being able to rush off the slot and whatnot. Tyus Bowser's injury is killing the Ravens early in the year. I hope he's back uh, you know, in week five, uh, but if he's not, uh, if he is, I, I should say, I, I can't guarantee that he'll be the same player. You know, I don't think anybody can uh, in terms of being able to cover at the same level and and really provide value. I think teams will definitely test him right off the fact, trying to see if he's really healthy and not. Um, but, uh, but we'll see in terms of that. Really sad because one of my favorite players. By the way, the other thing that came up about Clowney is creating the comparison to Bowser. Bowser has 19 and a half career sacks. So he has sacked the quarterback on 1.7% of his rush snaps career. What percentage would you guess that Clowney has sacked the quarterback? Ooh. Um, Sorry to do this to you. I, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, um, I've, to be honest, I've never had the highest opinion of Clowney, um, but I'm guessing he will probably be about 1%. 1.3. So so Bowser has sacked the quarterback when he's rushed the quarterback more often. And and obviously Bowser provides a lot of flexibility. That's a, that's a generally misunderstood value of Sam linebackers is how much they do for, for, uh, for your other rushers. I was actually starting a project just this afternoon and I decided this is taking too long. I don't know if I really want to go all the way through it to look at every single sack from week nine on when he came back against New Orleans last year and see on how many of those did he drop to cover. So did he create an opportunity mm-hmm. for somebody else? And in particular, if it's the slot corner rushing and Bowser is dropping, that's very strong evidence of, of Bowser's value. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, and I completely agree with everything you said, like an Achilles the year before and now now this knee injury, you know, whatever it specifically is, I haven't heard exactly what it is, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I mean, especially you know he is really an athletic linebacker he he really relies on his on his speed and agility to yep. get out into space and and to move around and if you if you lose that it can it can turn ugly real quick real mm-hmm. quick so yeah all right well we got through the bad news and hopefully no one no one uh, has turned off the show now because they hate our regression picks but let's go to the breakout picks and those are the fun ones okay um, my number three is, uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, I know everyone is excited about the new toys that we have in, uh, Zay and OBJ, but, um, I think Bateman's development is probably the most important for the offense and for the future of the Ravens. Um, one, he's out of those three, he's the biggest receiver, um, out of the three. And I would consider probably him the the best route runner you know it, or at least equal or on par with um with Beckham in that respect uh I think he's the best option to be the ex receiver um he, he's got the speed he's got the route running ability um that 
he's shown the ability to be a true number one receiver. Uh, the, you know, the things that have kind of held him back are the injuries and a little bit of consistency. You know, he's had drops here and there. He's running either in the wrong space or maybe not on, on, on the same page as Lamar mm-hmm. at all times. But, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think this, this is obviously a critical year for Bateman. Um, and I think yeah, his ability to come in and shake off this, this foot injury and, and be the guy that we think we all think he could have been these last couple of years, I think is all right on the table for him. And I've, and, and especially considering the way Zay has looked and then OBJ's looked in practice, um, it's going to take a lot of attention away from him. And that that's going to give him a lot of one-on-one opportunities for him to make plays. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's uh, I'm, I'm excited about what Bateman can do and, Bateman is certainly absolutely critical to this team. I thought about him putting him on my list. Um, there are a couple of things that, that that told me not to do it. One is the return from injury. And in his case, when it's a Liz Frank injury, it's always serious in terms of how it impacts the next season. Uh, it is a critical year, a contract year for him in a sense, because he's playing for his fifth year option this year. So if he if if he has a big year, the Ravens will pay him his fifth year option, presumably, and and uh, if they think they can afford it, and uh, um, and you know then he'll be in Baltimore for two more years after this. Uh, I think you're absolutely right about additional space being created. That that he's a uh, a terrific uh, beneficiary of that, particularly. And then I look at the other thing is he already had 10.2 yards per target in the limited playing time he had last year, which is fantastic. It's one of the highest numbers in Ravens history. Uh, it was only 15 catches on 28 targets. So he does it exclusively with his yards per reception effectively and not with the catch rate component of that because he only caught 53% of the balls thrown his way. But still, a- a- outstanding player uh, has to be a, a key component, I think, if the Ravens offense is going to be moving in top gear. I think ideally, and I think we might have had this discussion before, uh, Beckham takes a back seat to the two of those guys that uh, each of them develops, takes a big step forward. And if Beckham is a, is a, a four or 500-yard receiver who scores a few touchdowns, good red zone threat, good mentor, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I think it, Bateman and Zay have to be, you know, given every opportunity to show what they can do and be, and, and be the top options at wide receiver for, for the team. Um, and yes, Be- Beckham isn't the long-term answer. This is probably going to be his only year here. But um, if if he can just draw draw attention away, be a great third option in the in the offense, which I think is absolutely possible, um, it, and it's totally reasonable. I think you you have a really nice uh, trio of receivers here. Mm-hmm. All right, can we move on to my number three guy? Sure. Let's go with, okay, this is the one that is maybe a little bit surprising, people. I'm taking Ardarius Washington. I, I believe he is going to be the slot corner. I don't think anybody is going to return that is going to easily take that job from him. Uh, Arthur Mollett made the team. That alone is surprising to me that, that he's around. Mm-hmm. He did does have some guaranteed money. There were reasons for it, but they kept him over Caillou Kelly. Um, you know, obviously DaCosta was very straightforward about it today. He says the reason he didn't make the team is that he didn't make the team. It's disappointing that he got claimed kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. but Arthur Mullet wasn't at camp really he was a vested veteran. So they, they would have lost 220,000, but they could have kept him around and re-signed him to a vet min contract. Um, would have, would have eaten a little bit of money to do it, but, but still, um, if, if you want the guy, it's not too much presumably. And, I don't know that Mollett coming off an injury was a guy who was going to draw a lot of value. But anyway, the biggest question by far the Ravens answered during the preseason was they have their slot corner and it's our Darius Washington. They're not, I don't believe we're going to see Hamilton back there again. I think any, any of the, any of the, we don't have anybody at slot corner. So we need to bring Hamilton up because stone is a pretty good uh, safety on the back end. I think that's all out the window. And in fact, when you, when you see the fact they only have three safeties on the roster, you pretty much know they're only going to play Hamilton on the back end. Uh, Ardarius Washington is a safety in name only. He's a, he's a slot corner. 
That's what he is. Now, in terms of what he brings to the field, we saw a lot of it during the preseason, but we knew a lot of it before uh, because the Ravens had similar players and because I think they expected Washington to be this way when they when they signed him as a priority free agent. Um, absolute whirling dervish of a player. The guy who reminds me most of is uh, Corey Ivey in terms of... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply of his aggressiveness, throwing his body around, making plays. Got terrific hand-eye coordination that we saw during the preseason with all those passes defense, including the one that I still can't believe where he's he's basically got his chest on the ground and he reaches up and he and flips he, the ball out of the hand. Yeah. Knocks the ball out right at the end. Yeah, that was incredible play. Incredible play. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about Ardarius? Yeah, like um, I think he has really developed into the player that you know, we we thought he could be um, coming out. Like I thought he was worthy of like a third or fourth round pick coming out of college, and he, um, I mean, like the only concern with him is his size, but he is a really tough and feisty uh, corner, and he um, fights through um, fights through the ball, fights through the receiver, um, is physical, doesn't allow himself to get pushed around, and. Yeah, he should get every opportunity to win that job and to be the guy th- for the whole season. Um, he's yeah, he's he's really showed it. He, he really showed it in that second uh, preseason game as well. Yeah. Who do you like as your number two guy? Uh, my number two guy is uh, who I think was the uh, defensive star of the preseason. And that's uh, Travis Jones um, with his. Those first two preseason games, he was absolutely unblockable. And, um, you know, especially considering Washington had their starting offensive line out there, mm-hmm. he, they, they couldn't block him when they, when they were double teamed. There was one, one time he got double teamed at the, at, the, uh, at the goal line, and he still came and was able to uh, stop the running back cold for like a two-yard game. Um, he's shown just a lot of power and um he's 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 quicker than you know the typical nose guard i i mean i think he'd be a great three tech in uh on rundowns and possibly even on on pass downs as well and um just he's got the footwork he's got the strength um if and his ability to move is going to uh, just open up everything for the outside pass rushers as, as well as Matabike. Um, because if he's taking on double teams, that means you're getting one-on-one situations for everybody else. And that's, that's exactly what you want. And he played about 30% of the snaps last year. And I expect that number to increase greatly because I expect to see a lot of this one, three with, uh, Pierce at the one and him at the three. That's why it's so important that Pierce does not get hurt. Uh, this is, mm-hmm. this is a, you know, one of the very big reasons, but I got to tell you, um, hearing you mentioned Travis Jones and realizing he wasn't on my list is just a major whiff for me. Uh, I can't believe, you know, with my love of Travis Jones, I didn't have him as my number one guy, frankly, on, you know, given the list I've got, but it's nice for the show to have some difference of opinion here. And, and, uh, I just completely agree with your pick. I <laughs> think it's better than the ones I had. So, uh, I, I, if I were uh, McDonald right now, I would be looking for every opportunity I could to get Travis Jones one-on-one. You could do that a lot of different ways. You could do it even if he's at nose by creating some of a blitz that goes through the gap to the offside of him mm-hmm. because that will create appeal. You can use him as an under guy and, and loop around him. 
And then, boy, he'll get some fantastic underneath opportunities. I, I, I can't even imagine the difficulty trying to uh, block a man of Jones's size and athleticism and strength um, when you've got a, a 45 degree angle block on him between two linemen effectively. Now for, to, to, to make that happen, he's got to have a little bit of first step ability to, to get into that gap, obviously, and, and create those yeah. problems. But boy, you peel off that with, uh, and, and leave him one-on-one with whoever's got that 45 degree. It's not going to last long. I, I don't think it'll last long at all. And it probably will magnify um, some of the value we've seen from his rip move in particular this preseason, which I think has just been terrific. It's, it, it, the offensive linemen who've been against him, they don't even look like they've been trying. And, you know, their arms just go flying up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's been absolutely dominant um, yeah. in the preseason. Very, very exciting player to watch. I I mean, I, th- I think if the ability, I mean, to even make Oway better, because, I mean, mm-hmm. if you consider you, you run a stunt with him in Oway, you, you push, you push, Travis out, you know, outside and have Oway loop underneath. I mean, with Oway's speed and an ability to burst, like he could get to the quarterback real quick and it just it'd be a nightmare for offensive lines. Let me, I, mean, I, I want to get your opinion on this because I just heard you say something that that as a defensive lineman, you would you would have Travis Jones typically be the under in these situations, right? I'm not saying there aren't big belly roll guys who can loop. Also, because that'd be pretty cool to try with Travis Jones. That was something James Jones in the 1990s for the Ravens um, actually stunted more than any other lineman in Ravens history. And he's a nose tackle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but in in terms of uh, Travis Jones, he he would typically be the under guy. Yeah, he'd be the under guy and and always do the looping. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. Yeah. You the under guy and you've watched a ton of film, I know, in your life. But the under guy typically gets a lot of the. Um, pass rush opportunity with that. A lot of people think it's the looper who gets the real advantage, and yeah. a lot of times not. It's the under guy who. It's because they get, yeah, they're able to a confused offensive line. They don't necessarily know who to block, and also, you know, with them trying to pass off, you, that gives you that opens up the ability to uh, just get in there and get to the quarterback as well. All right. Well, I love your pick. Your pick is the pick of the show. I will, I will look at, bow down to that right away. But my number two, I like also. I like John Simpson to be a breakout player for the Ravens. Now, th- there's a few things that have happened. There's, this is I, I've talked about this on a couple of shows. So I'm sure if you've listened, if you're one of the religious listeners, I know that's a lot of the listeners on the show are the really religious ones. Thank you, first of all, for for listening <laughs> just so regularly. But um, he's had a, a marvelous preseason in terms of avoiding penalties. Uh, and I think he's done a very good job in terms of his ability to uh, play both zone and power. He's by far the most comfortable looking lineman. And admittedly, all the Ravens regular linemen haven't been out there. So Linderbaum and the other guys, they didn't play during the preseason at all. So Simpson right. is the one regular who who really stands out. Um, looks completely comfortable playing, you know, zone play to the right, playing off his left arm in the way you normally would. He's just... Uh, Seems that his spacing is good with the other linemen. I just see your guys very comfortable. There have been pass-offs. He's done well with that. He's done well on combination blocks. Didn't have a single uh, negative event the entire preseason. And for those, for me, that's any kind of pressure. And I use a more difficult standard than PFF, and he's still got none. Uh, no quarterback hits, no sacks, no penetrations where someone t- uh, took somebody down for a loss in the run game. And he didn't have any penalties, which might be the biggest thing. So 1,545 snaps coming into this year. He'd had 17 penalties. Two of those were false starts, 13 holds, and two personal fouls, which are, you know, as, as you know, yeah. theoretically correctable for players. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he seems to be doing a, a very good job. You, you can really see this in terms of releasing blocks at the appropriate time, particularly in the run game because I think that's the place that's more important. In the past game, offensive linemen pretty much like to hold on for dear life anyway, even if they get the hold. But the but in the run game, you know, when that when that runner is hitting the corner, your your guy is usually out of the play anyway. Thank God, take your hands off once they get out get outside the frame. So right. uh with with Simpson, I you know, I just think we've seen a lot and the Ravens are so depending on him. I mean, well, okay, I don't know if they're completely depending on him because obviously if everybody stays healthy, this is going to be one hellacious offensive line but the potential weakness in this offensive line is in that left a gap 
where Linderbaum has some pass blocking deficiencies and Powers was fantastic last year. So Simpson's trying to replace that and he's going to need to be pretty good for the Ravens offensive line to be the kind of uh, force it was last year. And I, and I think I'm, I'm predicting him to, to uh, exceed expectations in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I want to thank you as a former defensive lineman, that you acknowledge that offensive linemen hold on every play. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, I want, to, I, I want, that's the most important thing. But yeah, I mean, Simpson, I, he looks like a, gonna be a heck of an addition for this team. Um, I mean, you know, Powers had a fantastic year last year and you would expect, you know, some kind of drop off, but the way he's come in and played and really taken off, uh, taken, taken over the, the uh the position i think he's going to be a really solid addition and we we may or may not see that much of a drop off between uh from powers to him and yeah it's it's great to see like he was a really solid player in college and um you know the struggles are you know were a little bit of a surprise but um i think you know this this also might go cre- credit to um the offensive line coach um del sanders joe joe d yes um is you know him him working with him and uh you know being able to correct those holding penalties at least so far is is going to be huge yeah. I, I you know one of the things that kind of struck me in this whole time is the ravens their fans and the media in particular were pretty much taken by the entire Sala Simpson competition. And Sala obviously came in during the OTAs and people are out there. Vinny Serrata is one guy who I, I was on his show and, and, and he was sure Sala had it. He was absolutely sure of it. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it was intended to be a competition the whole way, but the, the way it was structured seems to be so much of a motivational element for Simpson. I, I I think it's basically a master class in the topic for NFL coaches because you bring in this guy, Simpson is, it just had to be stewing in his own blood to watch this guy. And Simpson seems like the nicest guy when you, when you get him at the podium, but they obviously, you know, coming from Oakland, it's not unreasonable to think there were a bunch of excuses involved in why he had so many penalties and why he wasn't as good because they kept switching systems and kept switching positions on him. And those are legitimate. Some of that is legitimate and some of it's not. And you can't make the player, you can't allow the player to just feel sorry for himself. He's got to take a step forward. And I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what how the Ravens engineered this. They kind of knew Simpson was going to be the guy. They gave Salah the first opportunity, you know, and then Simpson came in and basically had a perfect preseason. Not, I'm not saying every play was perfect in camp. I'm not saying everything he did was perfect, but they, they orchestrated it so that for the second week of the preseason or the first week, I think he started the first game of the preseason. So it was, it was, yeah. it was during camp they made the shift that he'd be the first, right. the first lineman. And then, oh, this is your big chance, John. Don't blow it. <laughs> and then we saw him play great. And Salah, honestly, is not ready for an NFL field at this point. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it was, you know, it was incredible motivation. Uh, I, I just I, I tip my hat to the Ravens coaches for coming up with this. My guess would be yeah. it's probably Harbaugh himself and not somebody else, not Monken and not Dallas Sanders would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I couldn't believe um, Salah had all the first team reps back in the OTAs and then the beginning of the training camp because I was Harbaugh just never gives mm-hmm. first team reps to rookies. Um, I mean, Ronnie Stanley didn't get first team reps coming out. Um, same with Marlon, same with, uh, you know, like the Jonathan Ogden, and it's just not horrible, but Jonathan Ogden had a start of year at left guard. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think almost infamously, you know, Orlando Brown Jr. When he came in, yes, he, he didn't start for, you know, half the season, um, mm-hmm. for, and everybody was screaming, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing? He's clearly better than uh, James, James Hurst. But yeah, yeah. Well, I can't believe he's still in the league. But yeah, <laughs> that's another that's another story. But but yes, yeah, so I just, I just never believed Salah was going to be the guy. And then, you know, this came around. I was like, oh, he, he, he really put a mind trick and put some motivation. I thought Cleveland was also going to be given his chance at, at the starting job, too. Um, but 
it looks like it's going to be Simpson. So, yeah. While I got you here, obviously, Mustafer played great, obviously, in the preseason as well. Maybe not, obviously. I, I, I'm, I will assert that. Uh, you know, you can you certainly disagree if you, if, you, if you feel differently. I'm absolutely shocked they let him uh, go. But they've obviously, he's a, by, by hook or crook, he is a vested veteran because he seems like a fourth-year player right now to me. That's, that's how I tally up his years of service. There's, somebody else can tell me why that's not correct. Um, but they have a they have a apparently I would think a handshake agreement in place with Mustafer, or I think we'd be hearing about him visiting with other teams and possibly going somewhere else because he certainly played well enough that he'd be in the top seven linemen for some NFL team right now. Yeah, is 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 he on the practice squad? Practice squad. The yeah, which means they're mm-hmm. probably keeping him there for the first week of the season, right? Because your handshake guys you would bring right back. Right. I was about to say that's you know there's something about vested veterans get a you know their their salaries fully guaranteed for the whole yeah only if they make the team in in week one and if they don't then they then they uh uh are playing week to week just lost brandon here for a minute i think he's coming back yep all right i'm I'm back sorry about that yep no no problem at all uh so let's move on and do your number one guy okay uh my number one guy is kyle hamilton um, the last year he was able to find a role, um, as a slot corner and really thrived in it. Um, and this whole off season, uh, going back to OTAs and then in preseason and then in training camp and preseason, he's been back at uh, strong safety. And, um, I think, I think probably the number one goal for the Ravens defense this year is to, figure out where Kyle Hamilton can become that superstar player that I think he can absolutely become. Um, and it's looking like strong safety. So I know you, you said this earlier and I completely agree. I think if Kyle Hamilton is, is that strong safety and they think that he's going to be that superstar at strong safety, you keep him there no matter, you know, almost no matter what, as far yeah. as whatever's going on at slot corner. And I mean, I think, you know, that height that he has, that um, his instincts, everything that he's got going on, I think he can really step up and be a Pro Bowl caliber player this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, extremely excited about him as well. I did not have him on my list, but he's on, on my, one of my honorable mentions for the defense. And um, I, I guess I would would warn folks only this and, and maybe, you know, pose this as a question to you, too, is. If he's at strong safety and he is learning a new position, we know he was tremendously adaptable to go in in slot corner. It it they're probably given his speed and some of the other characteristics that seem to work better at strong safety. I would project that he he could be better certainly, but he was so damn good at slot corner. It's hard for me to project more. Um, you know, a higher degree of value this year from Hamilton uh, given, but it certainly is possible. You know, uh, Voss calls him the queen of the chessboard in terms of, of you know, being the, the, the piece that the Ravens need to, uh, uh, you know, figure out what has the most value. He's, he is. Perfect he, analogy, I think. Yeah. He's, he's the Derwin James of, of the Ravens defense in a lot of ways in terms of a guy who can, who can be moved around in a, in, in a lot of places. And, uh, I, I, uh, I agree. I, 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 I certainly hope he's going to be fantastic. If he, if he steps back and he's only as good as he was last year at slot corner for a full season at safety, that would be fine. By the way, that would be outstanding. And he might, he might be mm-hmm. already in pro bowl consideration if that were to happen. I guess part of my reason for not including on the list is that I already have such ridiculously high expectations for him that it's hard for me to imagine him going higher. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Now I, I'll go to my number one guy and I, I thought about this a little bit, but I think he may not do this in terms of his own personal statistic, but the guy I think will have the greatest impact on the Baltimore Ravens in 2023 is Zay Flowers. I think he's just absolutely central to Monken's offense becoming Monken's offense with this personnel group. So the offensive line is more or less in place, a pretty good one. They have a set of um, non-dangerous speed receivers 
uh, in Odell and to, to a little bit lesser degree in Bateman. We'll see what Bateman really brings to the table after the injury in, in terms of speed. Great route runner. Um, yeah. Speed never been the very top element that he has in his game. Um, and then they have they have uh, some other gadget players who have terrific speed. You know, four guys, in fact, between Mitchell, Hill, DuVernay, and who am I forgetting? Flowers, flowers. Wow. So yeah, so so they have they have tremendous speed guys, but Flowers is is the is the one guy who's absolutely critical to take the top off the defense. And what taking the top off the defense means is that he's assigned safety help almost every play. If you want to go back and look at what that means and what I hope that means against the Baltimore Ravens, go back and watch how they defended Randy Moss in the 2009 AFC Wild Card game at New England. They basically, and they never did this in any other game that I'm aware of, put Ed Reed over the top of the corner who was covering Randy Moss the entire game mm. and said, I, we dare you to throw it to anybody else. And of course, they knocked the teeth out of the New England Patriots that day, ran the ball 52 times. They won the game despite Flacco being four of 10 passing because you know he needs to pass when you can run the ball right down the throat of the opponent. Uh, and I, I just, the way they handled Randy Moss was so special that day that I thought um, if if Zay Flowers becomes the receiver that you cannot work without safety help just because he's too sudden for any individual to do, you're always having to bracket him, that's going to totally change the offense between him and also the attention you have to pay to Lamar Jackson still and what that means for the middle of the football field and all those one-on-one matchups. And honestly, at this point, I think it's all up to Lamar in terms of taking advantage of that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we saw a show from Zay, his, uh, those first two preseason games, and uh, he looks like an absolute different difference maker, um, not only for the deep speed, but also his quickness and, and his ability to make people miss in space. I mean, yeah. a seven, eight yard, you know, pattern can turn into a 20, 30 yard game by him making somebody miss and having an additional guy out there with Lamar that, you know, can scare a defense and, you know, take take a short play and make it a long one is, is going to be so vital for this offense. Yeah. Now, I've got an interesting story to tell about the about camp that went on because they do one-on-one drills, uh, which is one of the really cool ones. It's very difficult for a defensive back to win yeah. in the almost, one-on-one almost drill. Not fair. Almost not fair for a uh, corner. Uh, almost <laughs> not fair. And, yeah. and, so, and it, it's particularly not fair with Zay Flowers. But that particular day, Kayvon Seymour lined up three times opposite Zay Flowers. And the first two times, he was dusted. He, he got lost on a move once. He might have gotten outraced once. But I, I don't remember the exact plays. I did put him up on the show at the time. But it, it looked terrible. The third play, Seymour got up in press coverage of him, got both hands on Flowers, and basically locked onto his jersey and fought him at the line of scrimmage for about five seconds. Finally, they, they blew the play dead. The entire defensive backfield, defensive back group, ran up and were patting him all over the shoulders. <laughs> I go, yeah, we got Zay Flowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah, very, very exciting player. Very excited to see what he can. Yeah. He he's got just ex- exceptional change of direction quickness. Yeah. Um, I was watching. I was at the Washington uh, practice the second day, and he, his ability to just move in and out like defenders can't get a hand on him and they can't they can't keep up with him it's he's going to be exciting to see yeah do you want to talk about other players who you had on an honorable mention list before we uh, cut off on either the uh, the regression or the um um uh breakout breakout list sure so um regression um honorable mission guys um I just had um, Gus, uh, Gus Edwards. Um, just it, uh, he's been incredibly consistent for his whole con- career. Five yards of carry every year. Just um, just wor- wonder where he looked a step slow to me. Um, mm-hmm. he's, you know, in the preseason, and I wonder if that knee injury is you know kind of hurt him a little bit. And um, you know, like I think his carries could potentially go down with Justice Hill and even Keaton Mitchell wanting possibly wanting more speed on and you know like we don't necessarily know what Munkin's offense is going to look like and you know what his role is going to be um I I'd still love him in 
the six minute offense um, in the fourth quarter to be that hammer him and uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Ricard just hammering down a defense in the fourth quarter to close out games. But I guess we'll have to see exactly what his role will be. I, I think that's a that's a good one. The one I had was Devin Duvernay, and it's not because I don't think Duvernay will be an important gadget player on this team. It's just there's there's not enough balls to go around right now to to the to the number of receivers. Andrews, you know, has been sulking a little bit uh, recently. Some of it may be injury related. Some of it may be position in the offense related. Uh, some of it may be you know he's he's upset that he's he he did by the way for most of camp it seemed to me like. He's still been Lamar's favorite target, but in pre- in past camps, he's been unbelievably Lamar's favorite target in terms of mm-hmm. uh, it's read one, read two Andrews or read one Andrews on a lot of plays <laughs> or read one. I'm thinking of running Andrews. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's uh, I, it's it'll be a very good thing for his rate statistics that he's not the only guy to throw to on an extended play as great a connection as they have. And he'll still get some of those targets, but Beckham's going to get some, Bateman's going to get some, Flowers may get some, um, and and any number of other speed guys, whether that's you know a, a Keaton Mitchell or, or a Hill, uh, would be good candidates to get them too. Yeah. I mean, I think I would not expect his raw numbers to be um, you know, as robust as they've been the last couple of years. Um, you know, just because there's so many more weapons out there that, you know, you have to be able to spread the ball around more. You you, you want to want the offense to spread the ball around more. Um, so it, it it might be a his quantity goes down, but his quality goes up as far mm-hmm. as the quality targets yep. and more open space that he gets because of what everybody else is doing around him. Kind of just the opposite of say J.K. Dobbins, where the quantity we hope goes up, and we can't help but right. think the quality will quality go down, or the rate statistics anyway, not yes. the quality. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. How about on the breakout side? Who did you have as your honorable mentions? So I had um, Adafi Owe. Um, oh, that's who, a good one. Yeah, I think you know he's he's really shown um, a lot in camp as far as you know really learning how to use all that athleticism that he has. And, um, and I think he, he can be an absolute terror if he can, if he improves those pass rush moves and just really improve that get off in order to get around the tackle and uh, get in space and, you know, just put a lot, a ton of pressures on, on the quarterback. And he, he, he had a lot, even though he wasn't finishing with sacks last year, he did have a good amount of t- pressures and mm-hmm. that's usually that's what you want to see is you want to see pressures and inevitably when pressures go up those sacks those sack numbers will go up as well right it's a, it's a very stable statistic as they would say so it's one where very predictive of the next year's uh total and so yeah i, I hope he gets a, a different distribution among sacks quarterback hits and and uh and pressures but uh, yeah it, it, he had a lot of pressures this last year Hopefully also playing on the rush side. And and again, Bowser's out for four weeks. I don't know who's going to play on that side, but it it still could be OA for part of it. That's not the way they were doing it in camp. Most of camp, it was OA on the on the rush side and Ajabo moving over to the um Sam side. Ajabo's not ready to play rundowns at this point. He he needs to be on as a situational yeah. pass rusher, would be my feeling. But uh right. but yeah. oh always an excellent choice. Um, I, I had three guys, uh, Matty BK, who people have already predicted for breakout season so often that it <laughs> seems like this is, it's unfair. I think he's a good chance to have a fewer number of snaps or a fewer percentage of snaps. Anyway, it might still be more snaps because, you know, the Ravens are going to play more defensive snaps, but I think he could, he could be a very fresh pass rusher. And I hope that's where his, his efforts are focused. I think Broderick Washington, they're going to rely on more this year and, he probably won't have a real flashy year in terms of statistics, but I think he's going to be very effective for the Ravens in terms of what he does. And then mm-hmm. even read. I, I, this is one of the problems, by the way. Maureen does my notes for me because I can't read my own handwriting. And my <laughs> third name here, oh, it's Hamilton. Uh, okay. is, is yeah. a, so, you know, a, a safe enough uh, pick for a guy who would, uh, who would do well. Anyway, uh, other things to say about this before we log off? Uh, no, not really. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we about covered it. Yeah. 
All right. Outstanding. Brandon, this is so much fun to do with you. It's one of one of the really good shows I think we've done together and, and I appreciate you doing it. Where can people talk with you online? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at uh, Brandon Croxton five. And um, yeah, looking forward to the season. I'll be in the stands uh, week one. So. All right. Outstanding. Uh, other folks out there, if you wanted to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. Love to hear from you. I'm still sitting on four tickets for opening day. If anybody wants those, uh, DM me, and I'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that as well. Uh, if uh, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's it uh, as as far as that goes. Brandon, thanks again for joining us. All right, great, thanks, thanks for having and, me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.